welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 83rd episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. You first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, 51, 56, 64, 74, and 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Ash Burgess of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now, on to the show. All right, we're back uh, for yet another edition of the Rob Burgess Show with most frequent guest, <laughs> Jonathan Big Daddy Cha-Cha Fowler. Yeah. Um... I'm thinking this one will probably come out first, right? Because this is the going to be more timely, right? I'm thinking I'm probably going to put the one we recorded last night out on Thursday, and this one will be Friday. Okay, in the same week. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't we explain? Um, anyways, I'm back in America here for the month of October, and so this is the first time that I've been able to do the Rob Burgess podcast live and in person, uh, which is a good uh, good opportunity, I think, and hopefully we'll have better sound quality. In these episodes. Yeah, we usually do. I mean, you've heard the ones with Ash where she and I record and she's yeah. audible usually, so. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, I guess we'll probably broach <laughs> the, politi- the political topics today a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we kind of talked about movies uh, and some other things last time. What <laughs> are the many different topics? Yeah, it was um, a meandering conversation. Yeah. But this one, that, yeah, I think we probably do need to catch up on politics because, you know, what's it been like to be back in America politically, though? Um, well, I haven't seen or heard as much about it here as I probably do in uh, in uh, Korea, actually. Hmm. Oh, here's an article on the AB Club. We have a few questions about Ivanka Trunk's punk phase. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Oh, my. She's saying she liked Nirvana and she had colored hair and her mom was none too pleased about that and oh. therefore she had a big punk rock phase so oh yeah. what a rebel she's got a security clearance now so i don't really know how she's sticking it to the man these days but whatever mm-hmm. all right well um yeah anyways lots of stuff going on in the world as always uh, like i said i haven't been paying as close attention since i've been in america just because i've been busy mm-hmm. Every single day, meeting people, meeting friends, meeting family. Meeting enemies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, in some cases, perhaps. Yeah, doing lots of stuff. So uh, it's been, uh, I haven't had the best opportunities to do all the stuff that I normally do as far as just, you know, scanning the headlines, reading the papers, mm-hmm. uh, getting my news online as I often do. But uh, we'll try to be informed here. Yeah. Well, one thing I think we can talk about is that uh, Eminem freestyle rap. It's the calm before the storm right here. Wait, how was I gonna start this off? I forgot. Oh yeah. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. Should I drop it on Donald Trump? Probably not, but that's all I got till I come up with a solid Got a plan and now I got a hatchet like a damn Apache with a tomahawk. I'ma walk inside a mosque on Ramadan and say a prayer that every time talks, she gets a mouth. Ah. 
I'm going to stop. But we better give Obama props, because what we got in office now's a kamikaze that'll probably cause a nuclear holocaust. And while the drama pops and he waits for shit to quiet down, he'll just gas his plane up and fly around till the bombing stops. Intensity's heightened, tensions are rising. Trump, when it comes to giving a shit, you're stingy as I am. Except when it comes to having the balls to go against me, you hide them. Cause you don't got the nuts like an empty asylum. Racism's the only thing he's fantastic for. Cause that's how he gets his rocks off and he's orange. Yeah, sick tan. That's why he wants us to disband cause he cannot withstand the fact we're not afraid of Trump. Walking on eggshells, I came to stomp. That's why he keeps screaming, drain the swamp, because he's in quicksand. It's like we take a step forwards, then backwards. But this is his form of distraction. Plus, he gets an enormous reaction when he attacks the NFL, so we focus on that. And instead of talking Puerto Rico with gun reform for Nevada, all these horrible tragedies, and these border would rather cause a Twitter storm with the Packers. and says he wants to lower our taxes, then who's gonna pay for his extravagant trips back and forth with his fam to his golf resorts and his mansions? Same shit that he tormented Hillary for and he slandered, then does it more from his endorsement of Bannon, support for the Klansmen, tiki torches in hand for the soldier that's plaquing, comes home from Iraq and is still told to go back to Africa, forking a dagger in this racist 94-year-old grandpa who keeps ignoring our past historical deplorable factors. Now if you're a black athlete, you're a spoiled little brat for trying to use your platform or your stature to try to give those a voice who don't have one. He says you're spitting in the face of vets who fought for us, you bastards. Unless you're a POW who's tortured and battered cause to him you're zeros cause he don't like his war heroes captured. That's not disrespecting the military. That, this is for Colin, ball up a fist. And keep that shit bald, like Donald the bitch. He's gonna get rid of all immigrants. He's gonna build that thing up taller than this. Well, if he does build it, I hope it's rock solid with bricks. Cause like him in politics, I'm using all of his tricks. Cause I'm throwing that piece of shit against the wall till it sticks. And any fan of mine who's a supporter of his, I'm drawing in the sand a line. You're either for or against. And if you can't decide who you like more in your split on who you should stand beside, I'll do it for you with this. The rest of America stand up. We love our military and we love our country, but we hate Trump. I now I think we should preface this by saying that you are no fan of freestyle rap as a concept. Um, yeah. You want to explain your grievances with the format? Uh, I don't like freestyle rap. <laughs> I've been in. 
Uh, it's been a, f- a central fact I've known about your musical taste for over these many years. So. Yeah, I, I've been a you know a fan of rap and R and B and hip hop and everything. I mean, at least you know rap, even gangster rap and everything, since at least like probably nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine, at least. Um, but and I know you know a lot of rappers probably get their start freestyling somewhere, and you know that's great and everything. But I am not generally a fan of freestyling. It just I feel like they, they try way too hard to rhyme words together. They force things that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise want to say so they can fit the rhyme scheme. They use a bunch of words. The one I always mention is uh, destiny and manifest. These words are always like in every single, you know, my destiny manifest. What the fuck does that mean? You know, it's like, but in a, in a freestyle, it always comes up. These guys are very concerned with their destinies, so... And it's manifest. Yeah, whatever that means. So <laughs> I don't think they even really know. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a freestyle rapper, that's just something you've got to say, it seems mm-hmm. like. So mm. I did notice in the freestyle rap that Eminem did, uh, he did try to rhyme the word orange. Because you know how they say there's no word that rhymes with orange. Okay, what did he try to rhyme it with? Uh, I don't even remember, and I don't think it actually even rhymed the thing that he said. So <laughs> I just remember the end of it was like, and he's orange, you know, because he's talking about Trump. Okay. So, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It's like, I don't know. Eminem did an anti-Bush rap at some point, or anti-war rap at least, mm-hmm. in like 2004, maybe 2006. I think it was 2004, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. He did it right before the presidential election, and it didn't actually have much of an effect. But, yeah. you know, um I don't know if we can say Eminem's a Democrat, but he's definitely an anti-Republican in several elections. So. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that's definitely true. He's, he's an ally. He may be a problematic ally. True. I don't know. <laughs> I will say the one criticism that I've heard of his freestyle rap is that for all the points he... Because he made a lot of good points, I think, kind of ripped from the headlines points that we've all been making. Uh, one thing he didn't hit Trump for was his you know abuse of women and, and gay people and all this kind of stuff, so... And that's kind of, maybe it would be disingenuous coming from Eminem, especially since, remember how he had the big controversy with, you know, the homophobic slurs and, mm-hmm. you know, the way he's treated women and, like you like you pointed out, fantasized about killing his, his you know, camera or whatever. So maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't sound genuine if he tried to hit Trump for those things, too. But that was, like, the one missing piece, I guess, that people were saying from that. Yeah. Know, and, I mean, list. I don't know. I mean, that's speaking of homophobia and stuff. I don't know. Can we even say for sure that Donald Trump is a homophobe? I mean, uh, well, he's definitely unleashed. You know, he's empowered people within his administration that have certainly taken it out on the gay people, like Jeff Sessions and you know uh, Mike Pence and yeah, transgender military ban and everything else. You know, yeah. so I feel like in policy and in any any way that matters, yeah, maybe he personally doesn't care, but he certainly definitely released the wolves on them. So well, I think you know, at some point a couple of years ago probably around the time of the birther thing, he made a decision that the Republican Party was his ticket. Mm-hmm. And he had, he may have had to make some compromises. I'm certainly not, like, making excuses for him or trying to explain away anything, but, like, I mean, during the primary, he said that, you know, that... What's her name? Um, Kardashian. Kim Kardashian? His father-in-law. Oh, oh, oh. Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. He said, like, Caitlyn Jenner, when you come to the White House, you can use... Whichever bathroom you want to use. He said something like that, right? Did he? Yeah. He did. So, personally, I don't think he has a problem. And, like, he's been getting all kinds of crap over the past 24 hours for saying that Mike Pence wants to hang gay people. 
joke in a joking manner. And this is from a New Yorker profile. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, and like I mean, everybody's getting outraged about it. But let's be a little bit fair to Donald Trump, which we have no Why? <laughs> like, it's pretty clear that, like, Mike Pence is the crazy one and Donald Trump doesn't take him seriously, which is probably a good thing. Although Donald Trump still needs to be impeached. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way around that. So, but, um, you know, you just have different problems with each of these guys. I have a feeling that Donald Trump will go along with, you know, anti-gay, anti-trans legislation and all that stuff. But I don't think that it's his motivating issue right personally i don't think he necessarily i mean he's been hanging around hollywood and new york for so long i mean like he probably knows yeah. lots of people personally but you know the the office is bigger than his personal thing or mm-hmm. what he did to get there so yeah so you're saying that the only reason that he surrounded himself with all these homophobes is that he picked a lane and decided that was his ticket in uh, well, I mean, we don't know what's in his heart. I mean, he's got problems with women. We know that. Yeah. Um, he's a, what is he, 80, 75, 80-year-old 80 man? He's 71. I okay. Thought. Yeah. But I don't know. We don't know. But, um. yeah, I don't know. What was the question? Well, it was just an aside about the Eminem thing. But anyway, get back to the Eminem rap. Uh, what was your overall impression of, of that? Well, we watched it pretty late last night, and I, it's not fresh in my mind by any means. But um, I don't know. It felt like it stopped and started a lot, which mm-hmm. is another feature sometimes of the... It's a trapping of the format. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the way, I hate improv comedy, too. I hate sketch improv comedy. I'm sensing a pattern here. It's just like, just get up on stage and just do or say anything. Make it wacky. People yeah. will laugh at the wackiness. It doesn't have to make sense. In fact, if somebody else is making too much sense on stage, you hijack it and make it make less sense. People will laugh. I hate it. Do you think it's a cheap way to earn laughs just making it super awkward or like, you know what I mean? Like, I, Well, I think like, I mean, okay. I mean, curb your enthusiasm. But they work within a very strict format. Exactly. I mean, there there has to be some format there. Mm-hmm. There has to be some structure, I think. Yeah, it's I like think. they know where they're going to get at the end of that, but it's just how they get there that they leave up to the performers, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, of course, I guess if you want to get technical about it, we're kind of freestyling this podcast. We always do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we may go off topic or we may be on any number of topics. But yeah, I was going to say, we're criticizing freestyling a lot <laughs> for people that are doing it, but... Yeah. Um, what do you think about the fact, uh, I guess this is the thing that impressed me most about it, more than just like the rapping or whatever, but what do you think about the fact that Eminem knows that a sizable portion of his fan base is probably Trump supporters, and that he's kind of putting the gauntlet down where he's saying that you can't be my fan and be a supporter of Trump? Yeah. That's, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty brave, I think. That's, to... that's bold. I mean, Eminem, you know, he's been around for 20 years now mm-hmm. in the in the mainstream pop almost. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's not a, he's not in his heyday anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he's an established quantity. And I don't know, I could imagine some people who have been Eminem supporters for a very long time possibly could be like, well, you know what, you know, Trump's kind of a new thing, but I actually really like Eminem and I have for a long time. Maybe I'll listen to him. Mm-hmm. Not most Trump supporters, though. Most right. of them are. It's, it's a cult. It's a cult of personality. It's... Uh, They'll never, ever, ever admit they were wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, 
that takes a lot of guts, I think, to, to write off a significant portion of your fan base. Although, I mean, he's probably made all the money he could ever spend at this point, so it's a little bit of a safe proposition for him at this point. So well, celebrities never want to do that, generally. What, alienate their fans? Yeah, alienate any chunk of their fans. Mm. And, frankly, I mean, like, Eminem's fan base, probably a lot, you know, to some degree, white working class, not college educated necessarily, mm-hmm. um, and college educated and black. I mean, he's got a, mm-hmm. various fan bases, but as a, you know, as a white rapper with some credibility and stuff, he probably has a large crossover with the Trump fan base as well. Yeah, absolutely. But we can talk about something else, but I just wanted to mention that because I thought that was a kind of a pertinent political topic these days. Yeah. So, well, we're here in Indianapolis, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we're a little bit north of Indianapolis. Maybe. We're in the Indianapolis metro area, sure. Yeah, we're the greater, we're out in the burbs. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you guys just recently had a return visit from our, our what are we, prodigal son, Mike Pence, right? He came back. Oh, yes. He, he was came in, back with a, with a bang. Being the vice president's hard. It's stressful. The Trump administration drives him up a wall. He just wanted to unwind and watch a little pigskin get tossed around on the That's, field of Indy. That's yeah. all he ever wanted. You know, whatever you want to say about Mike Pence, I don't doubt is the fact that he actually likes sports and probably would have liked to just... Because I think one thing that you may not be aware of is that when he did that, it was... Peyton Manning's uh, big, you know, celebration, homecoming. They unveiled a statue of him outside the stadium. They inducted him into the team's ring of honor. He's been a Peyton Manning fan since way back. Um, So, like, I think without Trump kind of making a fool of him in this way, I think he would have liked to have actually just come and had a nice time. (laughs) And that's kind of the saddest part of his whole debasement, you know, and being this well, puppet for this guy is that, you know, he probably genuinely would have had a good time at this event. <laughs> well, he's a culture warrior through and through, I'm That's sure. True. So I, true. I don't think he would have liked to have stayed there and like, you know, respected the athletes who are quote unquote disrespecting the flag or the troops or whatever, whatever they've twisted this into what mm-hmm. they think it should be. Yeah. So I'm sure he would have, he was happy to do that on his own, but mm-hmm. as Saturday Night Live portrayed it, Trump probably ordered him, yeah, go there. And if they do anything, get out of there immediately. And now, please welcome the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Thank you, thank you, people of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's great to be here with all you truck drivers tonight. Love the truckers. We have so much in common, and not just because all the blood in our bodies pools and our legs and our butts. <laughs> it's been a big week, folks. We're getting rid of everything Obama did. Healthcare, the Iran deal, and we're ripping out all the vegetables in Michelle Obama's garden and planting McNuggets. <laughs> McNuggets. Love the McNuggets. Because we love America, don't we? That's why I had Mike Pence go to the Colts game on Sunday, and when those players knelt during the anthem, I told him to get the hell out of there. But don't worry, we're taking Mike's Colts season tickets and donating them to two lucky fans in Puerto Rico. (laughs) They just have to fly themselves to Indiana and book their own hotel. 
Because at some point, they have to start doing things for themselves, okay? <laughs> and I've actually got Mike standing by right now with the Indiana Pacers game. Mike, are you there? Yes, hello, Mr. President. Mother and I are here. <laughs> we just watched the Pacers cheerleaders perform a dance routine, and I was very into it on a technical level. And what about the anthem? Oh, it's starting now. What are the players doing? Are they acting like little SOBs? No. They seem to be respectful. Wait. One of them is kneeling. Get out of there, Mike Bale! Ditch it! Haul ass, Mike! <laughs> Mike Bale, big time. But that's not why I'm here today. Today is about unveiling a magnificent tax plan. We're gonna give you people back a lot of cash. That's all I'm focused on. But also, what about Bob Corker? Little whittle Bob Corker. This guy Corker is so small, you know, some politicians want to be on the quarter someday. Bob Corker could actually be on a quarter. He could take a nap on a quarter, okay? I mean, he's extremely small. Bob Corker is basically, and I know I'm not supposed to use this word anymore, but he's a midget, okay? <laughs> Little itty bitty Bob Corker. I mean, this guy is so small, and I hate doing small jokes. But I have to because I'm the president. This guy is so small. Bob Corker is so small that a dermatologist found him on a mole, okay? <laughs> Very tiny amigo. And speaking of amigos, let's check in again with Mike Pence, okay? Mike, where are you? We are inside the Starbucks, Mr. President. Oh, Mike. I need you to check the cups, okay? Do they say Happy Holidays or do they say Merry Christmas? Uh, sir, it's October. They wouldn't have Christmas-themed cups yet. They would if they respect America, Mike. The cups would say Merry Christmas all year and they would show me as Santa Claus giving all the children coal because coal is the future of this country. Check the cups, Mike, okay? The cups say pumpkin spice is back, sir. Get out of there right now, Mike Bell. Get in the private jet, vamos. Folks, we're going to start saying Merry Christmas again, and you cannot disrespect our Lord and Savior Santa Claus like that. <laughs> That's not what I'm here to talk about. As I said, I'm here to talk about the tax plan, and only the tax plan, because the numbers are amazing, just amazing. And also, how dumb is that Rex Tillerson, folks? I mean, really, what a dumb, dumb, dumb Arooney. <laughs> And he has the nerve to call me a moron. Talk about the pot calling the kettle Mexican. <laughs> I am so much smarter than this guy, Rex. I have a huge IQ. I took an IQ test, and let me just assure you, it came back positive, very positive. <laughs> My IQ is through the roof, and frankly, through many of the clouds as well, okay? And by the way, I'm the only guy who even knows what IQ means. Most people don't even know what it stands for. Incredible. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> and speaking of incredible people, let's just check back with Mike, okay? Mike, where are you, buddy? We are inside the wedding, Mr. President. Everything seems very respectful. What do you see, Mike? Walk us through it. Okay, I see the groom. He's waiting patiently at the altar. And then I see, uh-oh, there's another groom. Get out of there, Mike, bam, get it. <laughs> I know you hate this word, abort, but abort, Mike, abort, vamanos. Outrageous. No one should disrespect the sanctity of marriage like that, as it says. In my favorite verse of the Bible, double Corinthians, <laughs> marriage is between a man 
and a woman, then another woman, then another woman, and maybe one more if you've got it in you, okay? Well, in conclusion, I think we solved the tax stuff, just like we solved Puerto Rico. And finally, uh, this is very important, Eminem apparently did a freestyle rap on the Bet Network the other day. And he rapped some very nasty things about me. And very soon, I'm going to release a response rap on the white entertainment network, HGTV. <laughs> so watch your back, Eminem and Live from New York. It's Saturday night. I mean, we already know it was pre-planned, not just from Trump saying that, but also the reporters that were traveling with Pence were told not to even get out of the van uh, outside the stadium because they wouldn't be there that long. And, this is going to be fast. Yeah, they weren't. They were like, be in and out. Don't worry. Don't even, don't even bother coming in, basically. <laughs> it was like, we won't be here long. We just keep the car running. We'll be back. So, me and Mother will we'll, we'll be back soon. So, yeah. Yeah disgrace to this state he really is and you know every time he comes back he just reminds us of how much he screwed up when he was here and how the only reason that he you know went for this vice presidency thing is that he was probably going to lose this re-election campaign so yeah but yeah because i mean he had that whole religious freedom thing that was that was a total disaster and and everything else he did you know with the uh abortion thing where, where uh, uh, miscarriages had to have funerals and, you know, just go down the list. Like, he was just, like, anything where he could be, like you said, a culture warrior, uh, stick his beacon where it didn't belong, you know, it was it, he was more than happy to do that. Because so, what does he say? I'm a Christian first and a Republican second or something. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, where, where's America on that list? Where's mm-hmm. the American? Distant back third, the bus, maybe. Get back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did I make the top five? Right. We're not aware. Loving husband who doesn't cheat, definitely. <laughs> uh, maybe American fourth. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's why I think he's almost more dangerous than Trump, because Trump is a known quantity. Everybody knows what's going on there. But, you know, Pence is so calculated, and he's just, not since, you know, as that New Yorker piece said, not since Nancy Reagan have we seen such sycophantic gaze towards the president when he speaks, you know what I mean? So Well, I think, no, I think I feel the opposite. I think that Donald Trump is not a known quantity. I think Mike Pence is a known quantity. He's a conservative Christian Republican from the Midwest, which is a known quantity. Donald Trump, you know, we're, we're trying to get psychiatrists and psychologists to diagnose him or, you know, give some sort of a reading on what's wrong with him because everybody knows something's wrong with him, but... Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to a lot of things, he we've we've had him for what nine months now almost. I, th- I still think he's an unknown quantity as far as what he's capable of. So, really, I think I think I think he's known to be the worst. <laughs> like I, I think that's that's something you can always count on. If whatever the stupidest reason is, that's what it's going to be. Like, <laughs> yeah, but things can always get worse, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. As, we, as we've learned, <laughs> you know, there's no bottom for this guy. There's no, no, no. there's no belly out of shame where he <laughs> he hits the bottom and bounces back or something. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's that's. I think he's an unknown quantity in that respect. Mm-hmm. I guess we were watching uh, Russian. Uh, Dashcam videos just then to get ourselves in the mood for the podcast here. Are <laughs> we recording? Yeah. So let's check the headlines on CNN here, perhaps. Yep. 
suit. Or how about the telegraph.co.uk? Here's an idea. British. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they say British jobs will be relocated abroad if Brexit transition is not agreed by the end of the year. That Brexit thing is a nightmare. Seems to be. Okay, here's somebody named Zoe Strimple who says, I've had enough of Me Too hashtag feminism and its intellectual laziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like a, it sounds like a problem. Hello. Oh, to continue reading this article, you need a, it's behind a paywall. Somebody call PBS? <laughs> yeah. Another headline over here. There's a headline here. Artist is arrested after setting fire to a bank. It's on the telegram.co.uk's uh, video section. <laughs> they just got a building on fire. I'm like, at what point do we stop identifying him firstly as an artist? <laughs> this is my latest work, yes. Artist. Arsonist. Oh, the words are so close. Okay. Um, Jesus. Royal Marine's jilted wife threw kettle of boiling water over young mistress. Yeesh. Why are we looking at British headlines? I don't know. <laughs> What's in the news? We're in America, Chad. You see this movie, Traitor of Mars? Traitor of Mars? No. It's Starship Troopers, Traitor of Mars. Oh, there's a, it's a, what, is it, what number of Starship Troopers would this be? I don't know if it's canon, canonical. Canonical? I think they go back to the first one. They have like Casper Van Dien playing himself. They have the woman who plays Dizzy Flores playing her. Mm-hmm. Um, they maybe got a couple of other people to come back from the original one. So it seems like it's supposed to be kind of like a direct sequel. But mm-hmm. they have like the power suits where they can fly and stuff like in the book, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's it integrating elements of the the Starship Troopers book with the original Starship Troopers movie. Did you say Casper Van Dien's back? Well, this is a. The thing is, this is a digital movie. It's a CGI, but he's voicing, yeah. So I'm curious about it, but I'm also very highly skeptical of it. I don't really think there's any reason beyond the first one. I think the first one was fine, and I think they should have just stopped after that. I, I, I don't think we got anything additional that we needed from the sequels, did we? No, not really. Um... Like, the first one was so good, I just don't feel like it really needed a sequel, you know what I mean? Like, I understand why there was a sequel, because it was super popular, but... Yeah, but I mean, like, I think the reason there was a sequel, and the reason why that's okay, and I think I think it's a good thing, I think it was needed in a way, was the good uh, world creation of that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely left a lot of the... They, I mean, do you want to know more, right? That was like the, the catchphrase on the websites and the proto, the proto websites news, in 1997. The news programs, yeah. So, but this was a universe that had a, you know, established society, established roles, established, uh, you know, methods of governing and foreign relations with other planets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this was, this, was a, this was a case where they gave you just enough of that universe that you wanted to know more, right? Mm-hmm. Again, to say that, but and so I think it it warranted further movies to flesh it out more. But mm-hmm. the movies that they did, and they didn't have the the director, and they didn't have the cast that they had in the mm-hmm. first one. They didn't have the writing, which you know came from the director. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, so they didn't they didn't bother creating that world anymore. They just made more stupid adventures. Yeah. So we got some garbage uh, garbage sequels. Yeah. Remember how there was that like born again Christian uh, thing, and one of them it's gonna make a beeping sound if you do. <laughs> so. <ooh. laughs> I'm sorry. What were you saying? Uh, was it the third one where they were like praying as like the alien bugs come towards them or something? Oh yeah, that was like the Christian the uh, Christian sequel, Starship Troopers. Was that the third one? I don't even remember. We watched. I think it was. The, I think that must have been the third one. We we saw all the sequels that have been out prior to this already, right? I mean, how many how many sequels has there been? I, I'm not even sure. There there have been several. At least I would say four, probably. Mm-hmm. I've seen at least two of the sequels. Apparently there was a Japanese anime TV show based on this. Hmm. That sounds familiar somehow. Yeah, I'd like to see it someday. But, yeah, I mean, the first one's a classic, so... I understand what you're saying, though. There are movies that I've seen that I'm like, man, this would make a great TV series, because this is like, you could really, like, have some fun with this universe that they're creating, and it's kind of a shame they're wasting it on this, like, two-hour movie, and this is going to be over, so... But, I don't know, a lot of sequels don't live up to their, you know, originators. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I feel like with CGI and this Trader of Mars movie, I don't feel like they're even trying, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh god, I love it when they hate when they don't try anymore. Yeah, I mean, come on, you've got Casper Dan De- Van Dien, he wants to do the movie. Yeah. He's not 25 anymore, he's like 55 maybe. But he could still play an older Johnny Rico. You can write that story. Especially if he's CGI. <laughs> it's, a, it's a waste. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, Casper Van Dien's the best actor in the world. In fact, that's probably why he was chosen for the role, if he wasn't. But, um, <laughs> he but, was available. <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's a big star. He, he has been a big star, and he is... Uh, but what else was he in besides Starship Troopers? I don't know, like Tarzan, maybe? Was he? I think so. I thought that was Brendan Fraser. Hmm. Was there only one Tarzan? Um, no. I don't think there was one, but I just don't remember him being in anything else. Siri. We're going to Siri this one. Siri. She's not listening. <laughs> Freaking me out here. Uh, um, no. Okay. Let me, what was I going to ask? <laughs> something about Cash for Van Dien. Huh? You were going to ask Siri something about Cash for Van Dien, I think. Okay. Siri, give me the selected filmography of one Casper Van Dien. Here's what I found on the web for the selected filmography of one Casper Van Dien. All right, we're going to go to IMDb and find out immediately. Thanks, Siri. Yeah, it's 2017. That's how we're living. Hmm. <laughs> okay. There's a quote from him. We make a lot of mistakes for women, and we'll always do it again. Okay. He's not just an actor. He's also a thinker. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's the Renaissance man. What, damn it. Did they not have a section? They must have a section where they talk about all of his roles. Isn't that okay. the top? So number one is Starship Troopers as Johnny Rico. Of course. Sleepy Hollow, he played Brom Von Brun or something. Okay. That, he, sounds, that sounds roughly familiar. He was in... Tarzan and the City I can't read it um, it's too small but he was in a Tarzan movie okay uh, Con Man I don't know what that was Chokehold I don't know 
Hawaii Five always had some roles. Starship Troopers animated. The Conway. What superpower beat down? I uh, all about the money. I feel like Star Raiders. Pretty closely related to Starship Troopers, mostly. <laughs> Yeah, these I, are, I feel like that's his main credit. <laughs> Army Dog, Rat Apocalypse, no. Sharktopus, sorry, Fire Twister. I don't think so. <laughs> Patient Killer, I guess, is an Academy Award winning role in <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Johnny Cage. Oh, I forgot about that. Was that the original Mortal Kombat, or was it the later one? Maybe. There was a later one. There were many Mortal Kombat movies. Mm. Okay, yeah, he's he's been in some stuff, but yeah, it is true. Probably his main credit is is his biggest credit. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. is uh, Starship Troopers. But that's okay. That's that's a pretty pretty nice credit. I would ride that as hard as I could. I don't yeah. blame him for being in any and every Starship Trooper thing he can be in. Yeah. Well, we've had the story. We had we created a back around two thousand six. We um, we started a website. We didn't start a website. We started a fan club for Starship Troopers uh, on Facebook. It was a group, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Facebook's changed so much. Nobody uses groups anymore, really. Or poking. <laughs> yeah, it's a lost art. <laughs> <laughs> When was the last time you poked someone on Facebook, Jack? Yeah. Oh. It has been a little bit. Yeah. I, did anyone ever figure out what that meant? Oh. Um, I guess it was contextual, right? I think, yeah, to some degree. Usually it was somewhat flirtatious, I think. Hmm. I, yeah. So you wouldn't poke another guy on Facebook? I don't... That You know, that'd be an interesting thing to see if I actually ever have done that. I don't think I have... <laughs> Except, like, maybe as a joke or something. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever poked a guy. What kind of joke about poking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you formed a group. Okay. Starship Troopers. we gotta, we got to move this along. To... <laughs> <laughs> Too much poking guys on Facebook. <laughs> but the... Sorry, I was going to put this there. Because yeah, it's like sorry. a table. Um, let me get my laundry out tomorrow. Yeah, be ashamed to leave it there. Yeah, you turn around Martinsville. Um, okay, all right. So, movies, Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Where are we going with this? Take it home. <laughs> well, you were talking about you and Corey Barrett formed Facebook group for right. Starship Troopers, and oh yeah, the early days of Facebook. Yeah, back in like two thousand six, probably maybe two thousand five, mm-hmm. and. You know, we were getting like 10 or 20 or 30 members or something like that. Not too many. But then we got our friend, you know, a, a member of join request from Casper Van Diem on Facebook. The real Casper Van Diem. Yeah. It was him. We thought. We thought. So we sent him a message like, hey, we're big fans. Love the movie. Did a great job. So glad to have you in our group or something like that, probably. Okay. In fact, I should go in and check my um, my uh, message history with Casper Wow, you have Casper messages from back that long probably yeah but so anyways we didn't get any response right and <laughs> for the kids out there you couldn't even check and see if somebody read your Facebook message oh, back in these wow. days 
it was a brave new world, but we as well be using carrier pigeons, right? <laughs> yeah, smoke signals or something. But so Casper Van Dien doesn't respond to either of our, you know, messages, but he's like happy to be our friend, which is cool. And uh, he's in our group, which yeah. gives us lots of street cred in oh, the yeah. groups back then. If you, I mean, if you had a fan, our, our group was called um, Rico, you kill bugs good, mm-hmm. which is a line from the movie. We had a little pay on to the peon. So, so then what Casper Van Dien did is he posted. Mm. We got a notification. Casper Van Dien has posted in Rico, you kill bugs good. Okay. Okay. So we went in there and he's like, um, I'm going to be at comic con next month and, uh, I'll see you all there and you guys can come to San Francisco or wherever. I don't remember the details, but it was total spam. Right. Uh-huh. It wasn't like, guys, I love you. Thank you for loving, supporting the movie and stuff. It was like, Hey, I'm coming to comic con. And that was the first whiff we got that. Yes. This was our first like major celebrity that we'd seen on Facebook. And he was our friend, but he was a spam bot from, for self promotion, shameless self promotion and plugging for, for, um, Casper Van Dien. So you don't think even though it was just promotion for Casper Van Dien, it was actually not, you don't think it was Casper Van Dien behind it? Even in those early days, yeah. It. I think the reason that we didn't get a response is because it's like somebody managing the thing and he's not going to like, he's not Casper Van Dien himself, so he's not going to respond. And of course, you know, he's Casper Van Dien, he probably gets like a thousand messages a day or something. Right. So... So don't trust Casper Van Dien online, kids. This is the one we're less Well, I mean, everybody knows that now, right? <laughs> like, the, the, the lie of having a celebrity as your friend on Facebook was generally exposed to everybody at some point, I think. Like, Have you seen this play out again with other celebrities? I'm, I never let my guard down with other celebrities. Oh. <laughs> I'll just take that off. Just Casper Van Dien. Yeah, yeah. After that first betrayal where you realize, oh, I thought it was the real guy or the real celebrity at that point. They tricked me. Never again. You know, yeah. you're just like, okay, probably every celebrity, unless they can prove otherwise, <laughs> is not really themselves on Twitter or Facebook, right? Yes. Although, didn't uh, Ashton Kutcher take himself off Twitter? After he like tweeted something inopportune, because um, he was the one managing his Facebook or Twitter page, so I almost feel like they do that like self protection. You know what I mean? So they don't say anything outrageous on social media. Although so I feel like some people are definitely speaking as themselves. Mm-hmm. But. Well, I think there's an element of self protection until you don't pay your Twitter handler and they like. <laughs> post something did you see okay one thing i saw in the news today was that anthony scaramucci is starting a newspaper called the scaramucci post i've seen it which is hilarious it is yeah um and what did they do he's in london they said but like one of the first things this thing apparently posted out was like a, how many jews do you think were killed in the holocaust it was <laughs> yeah. like and less it was like than one fun, million, or yeah, like it was like a fun poll they had on their Twitter account. <laughs> two, one, two million, yeah. three million, over five million. Let's just start throwing out numbers, guesses. <laughs> yeah, obviously the answer the answer is D. It's over five million. It's yeah. generally accepted at six million, roughly. Sure. Mm. But it's fascinating that this is one of the earliest things that Scaramucci post uh, post posts. Yeah, I can't wait to see what other Holocaust denying content they come up with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were trying to generate some controversy, and I guess they did, because, you know, they're trying to get people to talk about it, but 
Yeah, it is. It is interesting that the Holocaust deniers keeps forming around Trump, mm-hmm. yeah. especially since his daughter and son-in-law are Orthodox Jews. So yeah, there's several Jews in his cabinet. Well, um, yeah, but Anthony Scaramucci, like, I mean, if he did this intentionally, it's brilliant, right? <laughs> because it tells the Trump voters. Who are the people? That's the, that's the logical audience. Nobody else is listening to Anthony Scaramucci, right? Or whatever kind of journalist he puts together is this kind of like the Scaramucci think tank. Can't wait to see. <laughs> but um, like I mean, this is a signal. This is a, it could be a call to the Trump voter. Hey, sure. I'm Anthony Scaramucci. You remember me from a few weeks ago? Still here? Still racist? <laughs> I'm back in the news, and uh, I want to be your news source, right? Yeah, absolutely. Think he's trying to make a play for that Breitbart dollar? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know what his game is. He's already a billionaire. What is he doing? Why is he playing at this? He did have a podcast, I noticed, though, before and after. Anthony Scaramucci? Oh, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What does he talk about there? Finance. God. Sounds like a fun guy. Mm-hmm. What did the mushroom say to the woman at the bar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. <laughs> you should go out with me. I'm a fun guy. Yes. Insert another uh, rim shot there. <laughs> Sick of them. I bet dogs and cats would kill for opposable thumbs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> they can do so much. <laughs> I think we're lucky we've made it this long with monkeys having them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a video of, like, this monkey that grabs an AK-47. <laughs> I don't think it's real. I don't think it's real either. But it's, like, it's pretty if, hilarious. Like, if monkeys ever figured out how to do that. All right, what about movies a little bit? Okay. What, right. what movies do you want to talk about? Um, specifically, let's, well, let's talk about some kids' movies. Because, All right. Um, I've had certain kids' movies for my students in Korea, like after they finish their testing and stuff and they don't have anything else to do, we sometimes show an English-language movie. And they're in high school, so I don't want to show them necessarily like even like PG-13 or R-rated movies, so <laughs> I'm showing them like animated films and stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. So like uh, I showed the uh, Boss Baby in mm-hmm. Monster House. Yep. We watched uh, Boss Baby with my three-year-old son. Yeah. I happen to have them here, too, so, like, they were able to watch them and stuff. Um, he was into it. He liked Boss Baby. Yeah. We'll probably be watching that one again. Yeah, he liked Boss Baby. But you guys said the other one was too scary. That was what Ash said. What did she, How much did they see? What did they watch? I don't think we watched any of it. Oh. I think she, we just, I don't know, she just assumed it would be, I don't know. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. So there's Willy Wonka and that part where the chicken get its head cut off. So. I never saw Willy Wonka. Really? Nope. Wow. Made it my whole life without seeing either Willy Wonka. Interesting. Yeah, you probably don't need to see the Johnny Depp one, but it's kind of crazy that you made it through your whole childhood without seeing that. Yeah. We were pretty off the grid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> there's some pretty wild stuff that happened in that movie. So I'm told. Mm-hmm. So they would have me believe. See, yeah. So the man wants you to think. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, both of these movies, though, are they're by different studios, different directors, and everything. 
but they both impressed me with just like the sheer, like absolute, almost perfect detail oriented, like professionalism of the whole movie. Like, I mean, would you say in Boss Baby, I mean, like it was a laugh a minute, right? I mean, there were jokes in there for parents too, that kids are not going to get. I've noticed that with a lot of these computer animated movies where, you know, it takes so long to produce them that they can't help but insert, like, all these little jokes in every scene that, you know, if it was, like, a live-action movie, they might not, you know what I mean? So it's like, they're already spending so much time creating this universe, they may as well put some, like you said, for the parents, some for the kids, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's some for everybody. Yeah. Like, I mean... I think when kids watch it, they're transfixed. It's a gripping story. It's fast-paced. It's perfectly paced. It's, Protagonist is a child. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the boss baby, yeah. And the other one, too, is a little bit... Well, it's told from the point of view of the older child. Uh, yeah. I think that's who the kids are watching it through the eyes of or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's... Uh, it is... Yeah, it's... These are interesting movies, though, but, like... I think there's something about this, the digital era of movie making for kids that has made like a, I don't know, just like a kind of a perfectionism or something or kind of like a hyper. Yeah. I mean, we could say these movies are not written by one person, right? No. One person. No, yeah, this no. is, this is by committee. Absolutely. It's by design. By, it's by committee done reasonably well though, mm -hmm. but it still has this kind of this artifice to it or something. Mm -hmm. Well, Pixar is definitely the progenitor of that. Was this a Pixar movie? No, I don't believe that. Either so it's not of these, the Pixar universe. It's yeah, just, neither of these are from Pixar. I don't think. That's interesting because they they kind of had a monopoly on this whole thing for a long long time. I felt like you know, I felt like there was another group that they were competing against, like because there was like ants and then there was also like bugs or something. Oh yeah, like, bugs at the same life. Time. Bugs life. And they came out like really close to each other. I don't think that was like the same studio. So no, that's true. I guess they've they've had competition, but. Yeah, I felt like Pixar was definitely moving the needle forward by itself for a long time, or that's the way it seemed anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I think that Disney and other studios have caught up to the reality that this is kind of where it's going. So, yeah. Speaking of Disney, um, via Mulan. Mulan? Uh, Mulan. Mulan. Okay. Um... What about Mulan? Care of uh, that new TV show that everybody likes, Morton. Morton. Oh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. I've never seen it. Me neither. But apparently, like we've had in the recent weeks, we've had this big freakout over the Szechuan sauce from like 1998 when I, Mulan was out or something. I don't know anything about it other than people are like freaking out about this and like saying they're going to boycott McDonald's because they didn't produce enough. And I saw a video of a guy standing on a counter in a McDonald's because they, he was convinced that they were keeping the Szechuan sauce in the back for themselves and not <laughs> releasing it to the public. And like... Yes. Hashtag Hillary Clinton. Hashtag what? Benghazi Gate. Pizza Gate. Oh yeah, Pizza Gate. Self-investigations were happening left and right. <laughs> hey, you're keeping children in the back here of this establishment, aren't yeah. you? All right, Rick and Morty. So this show, like, they made a scene where, like, this guy said his whole purpose in the show or something is to get this sauce, right? Mm -hmm. I saw, like, a clip of it or something. I don't, I'm not familiar with the overall story, but I think it was kind of like a throwaway joke. But Rick and Morty's fans started making noise, and McDonald's said, oh, uh, we'll bring it back for one day only. And this is a sauce that was 
available in what the nineties or something. Yeah, some people have compared it to a mixture of mustard, soy sauce, and honey or something. I don't. I don't know if the, I don't know what the actual. It's probably are. like ninety percent high fructose corn syrup. So I don't know what everybody's so upset about. <laughs> yeah, a lot of variety there though. Yeah, but um, so anyways, like people were throwing fits at McDonald's and stuff. I read an article today on, I forget if it was uh, The Atlantic or Fox or where it was, Mm -hmm. about, maybe it was Slate, I don't Mm -hmm. know, but it was about how um, McDonald's made a mistake in trying to engage this fan base because it's a rabid fan base, and they used like the word rabid a lot, Mm -hmm. rabid a lot, and so they said like the Rick and Morty has a section of its fan base that is rabid, and so they should have thought about that before they engaged with this fan base by... Offering, you know, up to 20 packets or something of, mm. I don't know if that was 20 packets or like 20 vats. I'm not really sure, but I think it was not a lot. So they under-delivered. Massively. And a lot of stores apparently didn't feature any of the sauce, and the staff there didn't even know about it. So people were like holding signs and chanting outside, and the staff were like, we didn't get a memo about this, you know, we didn't even get any sauce from headquarters, so we don't know what you're talking about. So these people were pissed. So they tried to engage with the rabid fan base. They didn't do it enough. They, did, they underestimated the demand for this, and now they're and they, and they underestimated the the chance of negative outlash if they didn't if they disappointed, you know. Which apparently some people felt very very strongly about. So it's like if they had never done this, there wouldn't have been anybody that was mad at them. You know what I mean? Because no one would have expected anything, because it's just a throw, like you said, it's a throwaway joke on a show. Yeah. So it's like, now they're trying to, like, be hip and with it. They tried to benefit from association with a, yeah, free advertising from a TV show, basically. Mm -hmm. But it seems to have backfired. They said they're going to bring back much more of the quantities later, in a couple months, to all stores. But why make it in such small quantities, and why did they take it away in the first place? Well, I think it's like, I think it was kind of like a gimmicky exotic flavor or something. Oh, and was this like, did, it was you bring a movie. Up, did you bring up Mulan because this it was, was associated with the movie Mulan? It was a literally a movie tie-in, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So it was temporary. Was this something to dip your like Chicken McNuggets in or something? <laughs> Don't be obscene. No, what was it? Edit. <laughs> what, what was it meant for? Like, what was this? Like, was this fried? Yeah, Chicken McNugget dipping sauce, I believe. And I haven't eaten any chicken McNuggets since at least like. I like to point out that the uh, ad campaign for Mulan from McDonald's was incredibly racist. <laughs> Wasn't there like "Walk, Don't Run"? Wasn't the WOK? I don't remember that actually. But I it's do. Entirely possible. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was very problematic. Okay, so we were talking about movies, talking about TV shows, talking about condiments. Yeah, talking about a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of subjects are in the air. <laughs> yeah, so. A lot, a lot of strains keeping old duder's head. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if they bring back, if they bring back the Szechuan sauce and it comes Did you ever have the Szechuan sauce during the original mm-hmm. promotion? Never. I don't eat, I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten. But it was like, what, when did Mulan come out? 1998, apparently. All right, so you didn't eat McDonald's in 1998? I didn't eat Chicken McNuggets. They're disgusting. Like, I mean, so even if you did eat McDonald's, you wouldn't have eaten the thing that was tied into the movie. I think when I was pretty young, I ate a chicken McNugget that had something crunchy in it. Mm-hmm. 
and it was disgusting and I almost threw up. Like mm-hmm. it was like a bone or some, you know, part of their beak or toenail or something. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it was, but I don't eat chicken McNuggets ever, ever after that. Never even tried it again. <laughs> so whatever, whatever the hell was going on at McDonald's in 1998, I wasn't about it. <laughs> so with the chicken McNuggets. First day, you were not bad about it. <laughs> no, not at that time. But do you think Mulan was like a racist movie? Uh, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, probably, so I don't even know. And I actually, I don't even think I saw it in see it theaters. I probably saw it when I was like babysitting somebody or something, but I think I did see it at some point. But I'm pretty sure I did too. I don't know. She pretends to be like a, a man to be a soldier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Honestly, it probably was a little bit racist. <laughs> I mean, this was Disney in the 90s. Come on. Disney at any time, really. <laughs> I mean, lest we forget, they're the same studio that produced Song of the South. Hmm. Okay, but... Well, Uncle I, Remus. I'm not sure we can always judge every company by what they did in the... 30s? That was the 50s. 50s? Okay, whatever it was. <laughs> it was post-war. <laughs> that was in our parents' lifetimes. Okay. <laughs> this was not ancient history. They did some bad things. Still, I think, like, probably a company like that has... Some sort of turnover about over about two decades, I guess. So you like, give them a twenty year window? I would say like probably <laughs> from nineteen fifty to nineteen seventy, Disney was one way. Then probably from nineteen seventy to nineteen ninety it was another way. Nineteen nineties on then something else. Okay. I don't know. Move on, I don't know. I haven't seen it for so long I can't really comment on it. Mm-hmm. Um I think some people have said that Pocahontas was pretty racist or something. Oh, yeah. Very well, problematic. Pocahontas is a pretty messed up story to begin with, even before you get to the Disneyfication of it. Yeah, like I guess they say, like Pocahontas was pretty young; she was like fourteen or something. And they not kind she of had any agency about it, what she was doing, right? I mean, she was kind of like sold off by her whoever, right? I mean, I thought she was like the king's daughter or something, right? But it's still not her choice to like do what she did. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that was. Yeah, it's messed up. I think, was, <laughs> I think that was more common back in those days to some degree. Probably. Yeah, I mean, it was of the time, but I mean, judging by today's, today's standards, it's not ideal. But hmm. what are you looking for? Oh, boy. Don Lemon from CNN News, News Alert. Florida Congresswoman says that the president told the widow of a fallen soldier killed in Niger last week. He knew what he signed up for, but I guess it still hurts. This is after Trump said that previous presidents didn't call the families of fallen soldiers, <laughs> which is like demonstrably not true. This. And now they're using John Kelly's son. Did you see that? Yeah. They're using him as a prop, which is interesting because he goes out of his way apparently to not mention his son. But now they're like, well, Obama didn't call, you know, like and they're, now it's like, but, but John Kelly has been like very conspicuous about not making this an issue. But Trump, you know, this is this is the problem. Like he always like says these wild things, and then they like contort everything to like then fit back onto what he says. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, okay. Don Lemon's saying this. News and Guts is saying this. You know, News and Guts. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's Dan Rather's thing now. News and Guts. How can you be a journalist and not know this? Dan Rather is disgusting. No, I'm kidding. 
think he was though. He had like a mistake from Iraq somewhere, or it was about swift vote. No, he got he got in trouble was that, for was that him? no. Who I think that? what it was was he got in trouble for something about Bush's. Uh, oh, his records. National Guard service. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. He supported. He said something that was yeah unsupportable or something. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that negates his entire career, but it didn't end so great. So, anyways, yeah, news is news and guts is his thing. I think it's funded by one of the tech billionaires, and it's for him to just be on social media and be saying stuff. <laughs> Daily Beast has got it too. What do you think about that show? It's a big story. Well, he didn't even mention the Niger thing for a while, right? I mean, he was, like, golfing for, like, the first however many days this was happening, so. Yeah, I think that was really like, too little, too late, you know? Hmm. Sorry. A lot of news. Yeah. No, don't be sorry. This is what we're going to talk about. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, what were we talking about? Uh, Mulan... Niger. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to talk about. I don't know. Niger is like, what can we say about that? Like, nobody knows what's going on, basically, right? No, I was unaware we had a situation there before this week. Yeah, I don't know what to say about the Niger situation. It's like, aside from the fact that what Donald Trump said was incredibly messed up, <laughs> you know, everybody's been saying, psychiatrists have been saying, psychologists have been saying, Trump's a sociopath or a narcissist or whatever. Yeah, now he says he knew what he signed up for, but I guess it still hurts, I guess. Right? Like, I mean, this is this is a sociopathic, you know, reaction, basically. It's like he's trying to mimic the emotions, but he's not getting the emotions right. He's speculating about probable emotions that the person might be feeling. I guess it still hurts. Like, Somebody that can't experience empathy, basically. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I'm just, you know, that's what they're saying. People are saying. Oh, I'm hearing things. People are everybody everywhere I go. I'm hearing this. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. Amazing. Mm -hmm. What other headlines we got? I don't know. Single mom dressed as a man for her child. (laughs) I feel like we can do better than that. I'm not interested. (laughs) She's kind of hot. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't have the goatee on right now. So astronomers, are, astronomers have picked up the sound of a gravitational gold in colliding neutron stars, according to NPR. I saw that. I guess that's exciting. I'm not sure what it means. <laughs> yeah. I guess they say rare metals like gold and platinum are produced when that kind of thing happens. Oh. Somebody's going to get rich. Yeah. Travel several light years away, right? Yeah. Get in in the right time. Mm -hmm. Because this probably happened like a million years ago when the dinosaurs were around, that these things Right, exactly. We're just getting wind of it now. So, you know, the gold and silver could have already flown a million light years away from where they started. All that silver and gold. The universe is like an impossibly big place. Mm Mm-hmm. Really is. I think you know one of the questions religion wants to answer is what's out there and stuff, but it really keeps a small area of control for God. I think, like if you think about it, what is out there? Like we think about the edge of everything we will ever possibly be able to see. 
Well, there's something called the observable universe, and that's only the light that's ever able to been reached to where we are from the beginning of time. There's still places out there that the light just hasn't reached yet. You know what I mean? That's outside the observable universe. So it's like, we don't even know how big we're talking about here. You know what I mean? Like, we don't even have all the information yet because the light's still, like, traveling to us from the beginning of time. Yeah. Um, The universe, like, I mean, we could be, like, basically the size of amoebas, right? Our whole universe could be the size of an amoeba or something. Mm -hmm. Or, like, a single-celled organism on the elbow of a giant (laughs) that's about to smash his elbow into something. Uh, you know, it's like it could be so impossibly small that we don't even realize. Like we've been here for millions of years, and that's like five seconds in their universe or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like nothing's happening. Like, uh, where's whoa? What's going on? Time is yeah. Time is elastic. So yeah, it can seem like a long time to us, and not a long time to something that's bigger. I mean, I've also heard that about bugs and stuff that they experience time slower than we do. So hmm. makes sense. Uh, Tom DeLonge, DeLonge, Tom DeLonge, whatever, Blink-182 guy, right? No, no, former, but yes. Oh, okay, did they kick him out or what? I think he got two into aliens or something. Well, he's uh, crowdsourcing to build a spaceship. Yeah, of course he is. (laughs) (laughs) Is that really why he got kicked out of Blink-182? I don't know if it's why, but it's his, like, main interest now. (laughs) I don't think his main interest is being in like 182 anymore, which is good because he's not. <laughs> but I think that he has always kind of veered in that direction. I think he's like really, really, really in that direction now. Hmm. Which there was a Blink 182 song called "Aliens Exist," so which <laughs> makes all it all makes sense now. Okay, you can write one song. This is my big moment. <laughs> People are gonna know the truth. Okay, somebody says, just to shine a light on how credible this is, he's proposing a project to teleport through space, air, and water. But when it comes to land, that's where he draws the line. Mm. Real experts know you can't teleport through land. That's how you know this is for real. Oh, wow. Have you heard of the flat earth people? Yeah, I don't like them. Seems, I mean, it's just like, you know. (laughs) What do they think? I mean. That people like always want to give them credit. Well, at least they're thinking about things. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're thinking wrongly. Yeah, it, like voluntarily. I this is a choice. Hilarious Twitter post by somebody that infiltrated a uh, closed flat Earth Society group, and they were like, "I got banned from the flat Earth Society group for for sharing this forbidden image," and it was like a view of like the like flat Earth or whatever. And they, like, zoom in, and there's, like, dinosaurs on it, and they see the asteroid coming towards them. And the last panel was, like, the dinosaurs, like, flying off the Earth after, like, the, the, the Earth tilts because of the asteroid. <laughs> it's like, like, they're flying off, like, the dinosaurs are, like, flying off of space. <laughs> Probably would have been spinning because some of them ended up as, uh, as uh, fossils. And they yeah. get slammed down into the Earth upside oh, yeah, down. exactly. That's why when you find a dinosaur, they're always upside down. Oh, yeah, because the, yeah. People mm-hmm. say this. It's all coming together. What yeah. else do you want to talk about? I don't know. We probably better wrap up here at some point. Okay. Yeah. Try you want to take us out? I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, for Chai, I'm Bob. Sign off. You're part of this weird side
you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast everywhere it's available, which includes iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. It really helps. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. Until next time.